right, amen. Well, it's good to be here and good to be back at Parkview. I appreciate you. It's always a blessing to come. Open your Bibles tonight to Ezekiel, Ezekiel chapter number 33, Ezekiel 33. Ezekiel chapter 33, and um, I'm going to read several verses out of other scripture tonight, but not have you turn to all those. I'll go to Luke 16 first, 2 Peter 3, and then Ezekiel chapter 33, Revelation 22, and uh, read some scripture to you tonight. And uh, it's good to be under the tent again, and uh, a lot of new faces, and I'm glad you're here. hope you enjoy yourself, hope you have a good time, and uh, it's a blessing. To be under the tent. I love putting it up. And i got friends here. Brother Tim, raise your hand over there. Amen. Good friend of mine. And uh, him and his family. Brother Tim and Miss Sandy. And their children. And uh, their eight children. And uh, it's a blessing. They've came to our house and stayed. That's You figure that out. Amen. That's 16 people. And uh, we had a good time. Amen. And uh, they're good friends. And they left. And two hours later, the Everett showed up. Hallelujah. And we had some more partying. And uh, we just enjoy having people at the house, having a good time. And uh, it's a blessing to be down here with friends. And we sure love Pastor Brown and Miss Brown and Parkview. And a lot of great memories here. We were just talking the other day, me and, me and Miss Jody. And I actually came to church here before she did. She was backslidden, laid up, laying around on a bed. That's all she did is lay around. It wasn't her fault, though. She was on bed rest. But uh, y'all liven up a little bit. Good night. I'm going to change my message here in a minute, and everybody's going to get mad. But anyways, I came to church, I think, November, December, and Jody got to come sometime in January. And uh, pretty much had all of our children, and amen, it's just been a blessing. We was here for 14 years, and, and uh, but now we're down in Florida, where I grew up at, back at home, Hallelujah. Still waiting for the house to sell, uh, and uh, hopefully get a place down there sometime. And, and uh, so we're glad to be down at Victory Baptist Church, our preacher down there, Brother Tim Falour. And uh, me and Brother McBride get to be in a meeting down there together in January. And uh, it's good to be with him this week also. Luke chapter 16, I'll read for you in just a moment. We'll get to Ezekiel chapter number 33. Luke chapter number 16. The Bible said in verse number 27 through 28, So then he said, I pray thee therefore, Father, that thou wouldest send into my father's house, for I have five brethren, that he may testify unto them, lest they also come into this place of torment. The Bible said in 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9, The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward, listen to what he said, not willing, that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Ezekiel chapter 33, look at verse number 11. The Bible said, Say unto them, As I live, saith the Lord God, I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked. You hear him. He said, I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but that the wicked turn from his way and live. Turn ye... Turn ye from your evil ways, for why will ye die? The Bible said in Revelation twenty two seventeen, And the Spirit and the bride say, Come. And let him that heareth say, Come. 
And let him that is a thirst come. And whosoever will, let him take the water of life freely. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we sure love you. Lord, I pray that God, you'd help us tonight. Help me as I preach. You'd speak to the hearts of people. And Father in heaven, give me the exact words you'd have me to say. Lord, I pray that you'd put on the heart of us tonight a burden, dear God, for those that are lost and on their way to a devil's hell. And Father, I pray also for those that may be here tonight lost. God, I pray they'd get saved. And Father in heaven, there's a lethargic dead spirit around the country today. Lord, I'm noticing that in many churches, dear God, many people, God, are coming to the house of God, but Lord, that's about all there is. No fire, no spirit, no power, no touch. Sure, there's a lot of carnality. Lord, I'm asking that tonight the Holy Ghost of God would somehow, some way, begin to move upon the heart of your people. And Lord, we see a move of God here in this place this week. God, it not just be another meeting. But God, I pray that lives would be changed and that, Father, the sweet Holy Ghost of God would work in only the way that he can work. I pray for power in preaching. God, I pray that, Lord, people come, and, Lord, that you'd move mightily. Holy Ghost, we need your help tonight. Would you arrest the hearts and minds of your people, and, God, would you begin to work even now? We do love you and praise you. Thank you for the Bible. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. These verses that we read tonight remind us of the call of God throughout the Bible for sinners to come to Christ and repent of their sins. According to the scripture, we find that God himself, he pleads, he calls, he warns, he invites every person on the face of the earth to come to Christ before it is eternally too late and be saved from their sin debt. I say to you, it has always been God that sought after sinners. From the very first sinner, we find Adam and Eve. God is the one that came looking for them. Genesis chapter 3, verse number 9, the Bible said, And the Lord God called unto Adam and said unto him, Where art thou? That's God looking for Adam. Then in Luke chapter number 19, verse 10, we read where the Bible said, For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which is lost. That's God looking for mankind. So we find in the very beginning of the word of God that man sinned against God. We heard about that this morning. And when then God comes looking for that man. And then, of course, later in Luke chapter 19, we find that God still, he's still seeking after sinners, still looking for mankind. And many people today, that think, well, how could God ever send a good person to hell? He's a loving God. He wouldn't do that. Well, the Bible said in Romans chapter 3, verse 10, it said, as it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. And the Bible went on to say later that there is none that doeth good. And I say to you, dear friend, if anybody goes to hell, it's not God's fault. Because God has done everything that he can do to stop people from going to hell. He sent his son to die on a cross and take our hell, and then he raised him from the dead. He sent the Holy Ghost to woo us and draw us to Christ. He has given us a Bible to instruct us and teach us how to be saved. So I say to you, dear friend, it's not God's fault if anybody goes to hell. It's their own fault. If they will not heed to the loving call of God, then there is absolutely nothing else that God can do. John 3, 16, listen to the Bible. The Bible said, for God so loved 
the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Uh, so friend, I don't know one of the, probably one of the greatest verses in the Bible is John three sixteen, showing the love of God and how God sent his only son. I like that where it says for God so loved. When we read in Bible in Psalm 124 verse four, the Bible says this. It said, refuge fail me. No man cared for my soul. Now you read that verse in John 3, 16 and it says, man, that's probably one of the greatest verses in the word of God that we know of and many of us look to and even the world knows that verse. Uh, but then you look at Psalm 124, verse four, it said, refuge failed me, no man cared for my soul. It almost seems like there's a contradiction there in the Bible. But friend, that's not a contradiction, of course. Uh, we got God over here saying that he loves the whole entire world and he wants everybody saved. We got another man over here in the Bible uh, that friend is downhearted, he's defeated, he's struggling, he's having a hard time and he feels like no man cares for a soul. Now there may, may be someone here tonight that thinks like the psalmist does and that is that no one cares for their soul but trust me there are more that care for your soul than you think. There's more than likely, if you're here tonight and you are lost, there is someone here, probably no doubt, that cares for your soul. But here's the question I have for the church tonight. Whose soul do you care for? Whose soul do you care for? Now you can look at me like that if you want to, like a calf at a new gate with a dead look on your face and you're walking around somewhere in some other place and you're not here. But if I was you, I might want to listen to what God might have to say tonight and I ask you the question again, whose soul do you care for? I want to preach tonight on this subject. Who cares if they go to hell? You're saved, right? You're on your way to heaven, right? I'm talking to those that are saved, amen. If I come to you tonight, stuck a microphone up under your lips and said, hey, if you die tonight, you know for sure you'd go to heaven. Probably most of you would say, oh yeah, preacher, I know I'm saved. So who cares if everybody else goes to hell, right? You're coming to church on Sunday morning. You'll probably be here maybe Monday night, Tuesday night, Wednesday night, Thursday night, Friday night because you're trying to be a good Christian and you're trying to do what the Lord wants you to do. And man, you definitely don't want to miss uh, because something might happen. And man, you wouldn't dare miss if you could. And then there's some that'll show up on Sunday. We won't see you till next Sunday uh, and God help your poor soul. But can I say to you tonight, there's many people today that try to do what's right to do in the area of coming to church. Uh, but we got a lot of pew sitters and a lot of people coming to the house of God that's doing absolutely absolutely nothing for the God of heaven because they really don't care if anybody goes to hell or not. As a matter of fact, you probably hear about those in other lands whenever things blow up that they get killed. You probably hear about those in ISIS whenever they get killed. And, and I'll be honest, I'll say they deserve it. But at the same time, friend, there's people that go through things. There's people that die. But the Bible said down there in the word of God, the Bible said he is long-suffering to us. Listen to what God said. Not willing that any should perish. Any. He said over there in Ezekiel, he said, I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked. There's not a God in heaven that's sitting upon this throne when somebody dies that's wicked and goes to hell. He ain't sitting up there going, that's right, that's what they deserve. They deserve to go and burn it. Burn in hell, you sorry outfit. That's what you get. That's not my God. But there's a lot of God's people like that. 
Can I say to you, number one, who cares if they go to hell? God the Father cares if they go to hell or not. The Bible says in 2 Peter 3 9, he said, The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, but as some men count slackness, but is long suffering to usward. Again, listen, he said, Not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Now, there's a crowd out there that believes some are going to hell and some are not, and there ain't nothing that anybody can do about it. But I say to you, God help their ignorant spirit to think that they are wiser than God. For the Lord said, He is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. He also said, I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked. Now listen, if God did not care, then he would have never went looking for Adam. God cried out, Adam, Adam, where art thou? And I say to you, friend, of course, God knew where Adam was, uh, but, I, but God wanted Adam to know where he was at, and God wanted Adam to know that God was seeking after Adam. Uh, and I say to you, dear friend, that God cared about Adam and Eve uh, because he made a way for them to be forgiven that very moment. You say, what do you do? God killed that little lamb with his own bare hands, uh, and he shed the blood of that little lamb. Uh, and can I say to you, friend, then he made a way for the whole entire world uh, to be forgiven of their sins uh, so that they don't have to go to hell. Uh, and so another lamb was shed, uh, shed his blood, friend. Uh, and I say to you, dear friend, God the Father cares if they go to hell or not. You may not. Go get in your nice little air-conditioned fine car, go to your house, go to the restaurant, eat your food, go home, sit down and watch TV. Who cares that the world goes to hell? I got my ticket. God cares. Listen to what God said. God said in Romans 10, 21, he said, all day long I have stretched forth my hands unto a disobedient and gainsaying people. Isaiah 45, 22, the Bible said, look unto me and be ye saved all the ends of the earth for I am God and there is none else. He said in Isaiah 55, 7, let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts and let him return unto the Lord and he will have mercy upon him and to our God for he will abundantly pardon. May I say to you, dear friend that God he calls he cries he pleads he woos he seeks he shows goodness he draws he loves he's done what he can do to call the world to his son and the reason being is because he's not willing that anybody perish and die and go to hell listen to what he said in 1st Timothy chapter 3 I'm sorry chapter 2 verse 3 and 4 for this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior who will have all Men, did you get that? He said, All men to be saved and to come unto the knowledge of the truth. May I say to you, friend, that there is not a person on this earth. I said there is not a person on the earth. You say, I know one that's wicked and deserving of hell, just like you and I were. There is not a person on this earth that God does not want to be saved. His will is that all will come to the knowledge of the truth and trust Christ as their Savior, but many have rejected his will. And I say to you, dear friend, God cares. God does not want you to go to hell and doesn't want anybody to go to hell. Number two, who cares if they go to hell? The Lord Jesus Christ cares if they go to hell. You say, that's simple, Brother Jason. Yeah, but that's a pretty good crowd. The Bible said in Matthew eleven twenty eight. listen to the words of the Lord. He said, come unto me, all ye that are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. John 6, 37 said, All that the Father giveth me shall come to me. Him that cometh to me I will no wise cast out. 
John 4, 14, he said, But whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst, but the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. He said in Isaiah 55, 1, the Bible said, Ho, everyone that thirsteth, come ye to the waters. He that hath no money, come ye buy and eat. Yea, come buy wine and milk without money and without price. Now I say, friend, the Lord Jesus Christ, he sends out a call for anybody and all, doesn't matter who you are, that will come, can come to the water of life freely without money, without price, regardless of who you are. He said, I'll no wise cast you out. And he calls for the one that is laden heavy with sin, those that are guilty of the vilest of sins. He says, if you'll come to me, I'll give you rest. And these are not the words of somebody, friend, that wants you to go to hell or anybody else. Yet instead, these are the words of our lovely Lord crying out to a world to come to him. The words that the Lord spake and the things that he did was because he cared for sinners. Listen to this. When he healed the blind man, it was because he cared for sinners. When he healed the lame man, it was because he cared for sinners. When he healed the impotent man, it was because he cared for sinners. When he helped the maniac of Gadara, it was because he cared for sinners. When he sat on a whale hungry and tired and helped a woman instead of eating, it was because he cared for sinners. When he forgave an adulterer instead of stoning her, it was because he cared for sinners. When he broke up a funeral and, a funeral and raised the dead, it was because he cared for sinners. When he wept at Lazarus' tomb, it was because he cared for sinners. When he wept over Jerusalem, it was because he cared for sinners. When he was mocked and he was beat on, he was spit on, his beard plucked out, and he was beat with a whip and had a crown of thorns beat upon his head, and he was crucified and he was pierced and he went to hell for you and I. It was because he cared for sinners. Who cares if they go to hell? Well, Jesus does. The Bible said over there, Philippians 2, 7 and 8, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant. And it said over there, he was made uh, and, 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 and found, been found fashioned as a man. He humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Why would he do that? One reason, for sinners. In Luke 23, 34, the Bible said, as he was being mocked and hanging on the cross in agony, he cried out, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Why? I'll tell you why. It was for sinners. He carried so much for sinners that he forgot about his suffering. He forgot about his pain. He forgot about his agony and he answered the heartbroken cry of another sinner to save his soul and said to him, today thou shalt be with me in paradise. And I say to you, dear friend, if anybody goes to hell, they'll go to hell over the greatest care and the greatest love that has ever been known to a world. And that is the love and care of the Lord Jesus Christ. He has shown to all that has ever taken breath. Maybe you don't care. But God cares. The Lord Jesus Christ cares. Number three, the Holy Ghost cares. There's another call we hear in the Word of God, and that is a call from the Holy Ghost. The Bible says this. We've read it once. I'll read it again. And the Spirit and the bride say, come. Let him that heareth say, come, and let him that is a thirst come, and whosoever will, let him take the water of life freely. Right before the close of the last book of the Bible, the Spirit of God makes one more call to all those that would come. And the Bible said, the Spirit and the bride say, come. The Spirit has been assigned to us as our comforter. 
And he's calling all that will come to come. And when the Lord calls his bride out of this earth, the Holy Spirit will leave also. So it is only natural that at the end of the book of Revelation, when it's almost all over, before the bride leaves, the Bible says, the Spirit and the bride say, come. The Bible said in John 16, 7 and 8, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the Comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. And when he is come, listen, he will reprove the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. So because of the mercy of God, He sent the Holy Ghost into this world and the primary reason is to comfort the saints and convict the world of sin and cause sinners to repentance. Whenever you and I were saved, the Holy Ghost of God is the one that convicted you and drew you to Christ. He is the one that was placed here, friend, uh, to call sinners to, uh, uh, to Christ. So can I say to you tonight that he is the one that's calling. He is the one that's convicting. He is the one that's doing the wooing. He is the one that's knocking. He is the one that's pleading. And if there's any way that he, talking about the Holy Ghost, can approach a heart, he will do it. Why? Because he cares. The only reason he came to you and I whenever we were convicted was because he cared for you. There might be someone here tonight that's lost and you wonder why you have that same feeling of something hammering at your heart. You wake up maybe in the middle of the night as if someone's calling your soul and you can't sleep. Or maybe a mom or dad on their dying bed said meet me in heaven or something has gripped your heart and told you that you were not saved and you don't know why you have the feeling. What is that knocking on your heart's door, dear friend? What is the uneasy feeling whenever you hear the preaching on salvation and on hell? And What is it whenever you get around God's people? It seems like you're getting convicted and you don't understand uh, I'll tell you what it is Uh, it's the sweet Holy Ghost of God that's coming to you and knocking on your door and doing everything he can to try to draw a sinner to Jesus Christ because he cares if you go to hell or not who cares who cares if your neighbor goes to hell who cares if those you work with go to hell who cares you got your ticket Jesus cares. The Holy Ghost cares. Let me give you another one. God cares. Jesus cares. The Holy Ghost cares. Can I say to you that those in heaven care? I know this is simple, friend, but that's all right. Look at, let me, you don't have to turn there. I'll read it to you. Luke chapter 15, verse 10. Likewise, I say unto you, listen to what it says. There is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner that repenteth. Now, I believe, I believe that the ones that are doing the rejoicing here are the redeemed of God. I believe it's those that have gone on before us, those that have walked the path that we are walking right now. I believe it's those that know about our trials and our temptations and all that we go through. And I say that they are the ones that are in the presence of the angels. They are the ones doing the rejoicing. And so I say to you, dear friend, yes, I believe that they care if somebody goes to hell or not. Now, some may wonder, preacher, do you really believe they can see what's going on down here? Well, I remind you of a verse. The Bible said in Hebrews 12, 1, listen to it. Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. 
Let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. So let me give you a little background on that. In Hebrews chapter 11, Paul just got done speaking about the heroes of faith. And then he said in chapter number 12, Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. Talking about them heroes of faith and those that have gone on before us. That word compassed means completely surrounded. The idea here is the Roman arena where the players were down on the ground in the center on the field while those in the grandstand were cheering their team on. May I say to you tonight, friend, that we are in the race still. We are the ones that are down here on the ground. We are on the course still that God has put us on and we are completely surrounded by those that used to be in the race and they are looking down upon us cheering us on. That's a good enough reason to stay faithful right there. Now, I want you to think about the heroes of faith. Think about, uh, think about Abel and Enoch and Noah and Abraham and Sarah and Moses and Rahab and those that were martyred for Christ and burned at the stake, those that were beheaded, those that were sawn asunder, those that were stoned and tortured and tormented for Christ, men like Peter and Paul and James and John and all the disciples and the apostles, uh, men like Jeremiah and Elijah and Elisha and Ezekiel and Daniel and a host of others. Uh, what about the preachers of the past that you and I have known? What about maybe a mom or a dad or maybe a son or a daughter, maybe a sister or a brother or, or, or a host of others, those that maybe you've known that serve the Lord faithfully. Can I say to you tonight, friend, that they care and they are cheering you and I on and I believe they're watching. Think about someone in heaven as they see you close to their family member that is lost. Are you listening? Maybe that individual, that mom or that dad or whoever it is, maybe they see you and all of a sudden they realize that you're by their son. Maybe you work with their son and they're up there cheering on saying, please tell my son about the Lord. Come on, tell him about Jesus. Come on, witness to him. Win him to Christ. Or maybe you live on the same street as them and they're hoping that you'll win that your neighbor, which is maybe their child or their dad or their mother, and they're cheering you on. Or maybe, friend, it's somebody that's in your family or maybe it's somebody you pass at the store or maybe it's somebody pumping gas while you're pumping gas and their family member's in heaven or their friend is in heaven and they're up there and they can see what's going on and they're probably cheering saying, come on, tell them about the Lord. Witness to them. Give them a track. Lead them to Christ. Dr. Joe Henry Hankins tells the story of a man that needed help during the, during the Depression. He said a man came to his office and the man told him that uh, I've never asked for money before, preacher, but I need help. And so Dr. Hankins said he believed the man was genuine and therefore he gave him what he needed. The man then turned to walk away and the preacher said, I'm doing this for you in the name of the Lord Jesus. The man stopped. He turned around and said, nobody's ever said that to me before in my life. The man began to cry as he told the story of his mother that had died five years before, and her last words were, Jack, promise me that you'll meet me in heaven. He looked at Dr. Hankins, and he said, Preacher, I'm doing everything I know to do to be saved. I don't think I can get saved. The preacher got his Bible out and said to the, young, said to the man, Come over here and sit down. He said, Let's get your mother's prayers answered. As he showed him how to be saved from the word of God, the man trusted Jesus Christ as his Savior that day. Now, I said that to say this to you. Picture that mother 
in heaven. I don't know exactly how it happens. I don't know if maybe God called her and said, hey, look at there. I don't know if maybe an angel said, hey, come here, I want you to watch something. I don't know exactly how it goes on. But I see that mother in that great grandstand up there, friend, uh, and all of a sudden she sees her boy and he's walking down that street and the next thing you know, he goes inside the office or the building or the place or the church, wherever the man of God's at. He goes in that place uh, and he's there with Dr. Hankins. Uh, I can see that mother on the other side saying, oh, maybe this is the day that my boy will get saved. Maybe this is the day that he'll trust Christ. Come on, preacher, tell my son about Jesus. Come on, preacher, don't let him leave without being saved. She might see that preacher as he gives him some money and the boy begins to walk away. I can hear her crying out, no, get saved. No, tell my boy about the Lord. And then she sees that boy turn around and the man of God get the Bible and sit down with him and open the scriptures up. And she sees that boy of hers get saved. The Bible said over there, friend, there's joy in the presence of the angels. I'll tell you what was going on on the other side. There's a mother up there that was shouting the glory down running the streets of gold, gold saying my boy just got saved. My boy just got saved. And I say to you dear friend, those in heaven they care. While we sit here in our lethargic dead spirit with an attitude of who cares if they go to hell. I give you the fifth one and I'm done. Not only does God the Father care, Jesus care, the Holy Ghost care, and those in heaven care. We better care. Listen to the Bible. Ezekiel 33, 8. When I say unto the wicked, O wicked man, thou shalt surely die, if thou dost not speak to warn the wicked from his way, that wicked man shall die in his iniquity. But his blood will I require at thine hand. The Bible said in Acts 20 verse 26, Wherefore I take you to record this day, that I am pure from the blood of all men. Grace, you can come, baby. To be pure from the blood of all men means that you have given them warning. Has the God of heaven told you to give them warning? Listen, friend. We can't make them get saved. But we can care. And we can warn. Are you hearing me? Paul's saying this. He's saying, I've done everything I can do to keep sinners out of hell. And I ask you the question, are you? Dear friend, we better care. Because if we don't, judgment day is going to be a bitter weeping day when their blood is on our hands and they are cast into the lake of fire. The Bible said in 2 Corinthians 5.11, he said, Knowing therefore the terror of the Lord, we persuade men. Let me ask you a question. How many do we know that we have warned? Are we going to go through the whole entire meeting and never try to get one sinner under the tent? Are we going to go through life every day and never tell anybody about Jesus. Are you never going to hand out a track and try to witness to somebody? Have you ever led anybody to Jesus Christ? Can you name one person that you've gotten saved, or you've helped get saved? One! I ain't talking about up here at an altar. I ain't talking about somebody that came and preacher said, can you come here and lead them to Christ? 
I'm talking about somebody that you had on your heart that God burdened your soul. You prayed for them. You witnessed to them. And you led them to Jesus. Or are you like many people today? Who cares if they go to hell? I got my ticket. I'm saved. And we wonder why the church is lethargic and dead. If there's 200 people here tonight, there's not, but if there was, there's close, maybe, I don't know, 150, whatever. But if there was 200 people here tonight, and 200 people, are you listening to me? If 200 people led one person to Jesus Christ this year, and those 200 people got that one person in the church, in one year, the church is now running 400. If 400 people won one person to Jesus Christ, one, that means the next year the church is running 800. Can we not get one? Who cares if they go to hell, right? God cares. Jesus cares. The Holy Ghost cares. Those in heaven care. We could also say those in hell care. If you could hear the cries of hell, you'd care. Let's all stand. Father in heaven, we love you. Father in heaven, how I pray that God, you'd burden our hearts for sinners. It's so easy to think of ourselves. So many people, Lord, are full of pride, selfishness, and they really could care less about sinners. God, burden our heart, I pray, for the lost. Lord, there may be someone here tonight that's not saved. Father, I pray tonight would be the night that they'd receive Christ. Lord, we love you in Jesus' name. With every head bowed and every eye closed, if God spoke to you, maybe you'd come. I don't have to try to stand up here and pull teeth. If, you, if God spoke to you, you heard him. If he didn't, then maybe you ought to be begging God to speak to you. God, I ain't heard from you in a long time. Some of you young people need to get a burden for sinners. I don't know how you're going to get a burden looking like the world and living like the world. They don't see no difference in you. You dress like them, live like them, do the things they do. Some of you boys are more interested in that female than you are God. And the same thing with the girls. God help you. You got all kinds of time. You ought to be seeking God's will. Hey, don't get nervous and look at me like some kind of crazy. What's wrong with us? We have the truth, church. We have the answers. Would you come tonight? Maybe we'd fall on our face and say, God, help us. God, help us. Because I ain't really cared for sinners in a long time. Is there anyone here tonight, maybe no one looking around, every head bowed and every eye closed. Preacher, if I died, I don't know for sure I'd go to heaven. Anyone like that tonight? Say, preacher, pray for me. If I died, I don't know that I'm saved. Anyone here? Anybody? Anyone here tonight? So that means everybody's saved.
All right, those of you that are saved, let me ask you a question. When's the last time you told somebody about Jesus? When's the last time you passed out a track? When's the last time you witnessed to somebody and tried to get them saved? If I was you, I'd be at an old-fashioned altar. God help me. People say, preacher, that's just not me. It's just not my, it's just not something I can do. That means that you have no power of God on you. You have no touch. Because the Bible said that whenever you get filled with the Holy Ghost, that you will be witnesses. Amen. That's what the Bible says. Ye shall be witnesses. So if you ain't a witness, it's probably because you ain't got the touch of God on you. which would break my heart if I didn't think God was on me. Who cares if they go to hell? Do you care? 